This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Today, the start, the official start of the San Gennaro Festival it goes 10 days. Actually, it started this past Thursday night, but there's always the procession on the first Saturday, 2 o'clock. This is where they have all the floats, all the bands, all the pageantry. And it's uh, normal for the governor and the mayor to show up. And if not, they have a delegation. They bring proclamations. You know, this is the mother of all Italian-American celebrations, which it is. Because it attracts people from all over the Northeast, especially those escaping the hurricane up in Maine and Massachusetts. They want to be down here. And uh, I go every year with the Guardian Angels. And I was stunned that not only was the mayor and his entourage not present, uh, nobody from City Hall with the normal proclamation they give at the beginning of the procession, which is down near Canal and Mulberry Street. And uh, neither uh, Governor Hochul or any representatives for her, because in just working my way down from Delancey Street on Mulberry all the way to Canal, place was packed. Boy... If they had come down that lane or any of their representatives, there would have been a canyon of booze, angry people there galore. And I think they made a political decision not to subject themselves to what you saw happen yesterday outside of the Roosevelt Hotel when AOC and a, a congressional delegation from New York City, Latinos and Latinas, uh, longtime veteran, uh, Nidia Velasquez, uh, Idanis, uh, Rodriguez, no, not Idanis, yeah, right. excuse me. No, he's the oh, well, Department it's, it's, of Transportation. It's Espiat. That's right. And they were all there. And they were met by a group of the rebels who were like relentless in criticism. I don't think they expected that. In fact, AOC, who normally is very good at dealing with, uh, hostility from a crowd, had to actually defer, give the mic up to uh, Espaliad. Uh, he wasn't able to get control, and then she came back and finished what she had to say. But you could see they were stunned. They did not expect well, that outside of the Roosevelt Hotel. I get it. First, you know, I, I, I saw all the coverage of it. I'm not sure what point they were making. You know, we support the immigrants. Okay. That's fine, but that's not really the fight right now. I mean, yes, there are some people and there are some in the crowds that you've been attracting who and there are some like Sid who are like, I just don't want them here. But most people are saying, I don't 
want them for these reasons or I don't want them in this spot or anything else. It seemed like a weird event that they were having just to say that they're pro-immigration. If they were going to hold an event saying here are the nine ways that Donald Trump and that the Republicans and the Cole Maliotakis and whatever it is, then I kind of get it. But the point you're making about about San Gennaro, a couple of things. First of all, it used to be the Italian, the Irish and the Jews. You had to cater to those three groups. Increasingly, at least, increasingly, all three of them are kind of on the outs recently. Secondly, for those of for people listening to, to the sound of our voices who are who don't know New York City, Little Italy is basically two blocks now. Chinatown has completely enveloped it. But the final thing that you said that was interesting, like they would have a ca- canyon of opposition. Uh uh-uh. uh. If you go to that, and I've worked that crowd, they're on top of you. There's no place to go to hide. You can't like. You know, you know, you're not going to have your security keeping people away. If you're going to walk that crowd, you're walking into the, well, that's, the guts of that. That's crowd. why I think uh, they made the tactical decision, both of them and their camps, because even when they haven't been able to attend in the past, that happens. Things are more important. They always send a delegation. They'll send like the most prominent Italian-American who's part of their delegation and they bring a proclamation. And at the very beginning, you know, before they parade the Seine up and down. It used to be the ripoff, the Genovese crime family. You would pin, uh, you know, $5, $10, $100 bills to vestments on uh, San Gennaro. And the uh, uh, Genovese at the end of it would take all the money off and then start the process all again. Let me ask again. you, in, 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 this is probably a Murano question, but in the beginning, of, in that famous scene in Godfather 2, where I think it's Godfather Two, where the guy gets assassinated because there's a parade going on. Yes, is that San Gennaro? Yes, it is. Okay. Now, or back then they had many festivals, so right. it may well not have been San Gennaro, but very similar to San Gennaro because they did have the dollar pinning to the cross, yeah, whatever it was. That money thing. never went to any charity; <laughs> it went right into the pockets of the mobsters. Trust me. I used to say, "Where is the Church of San Gennaro?" This is not a church of San Gennaro. It's yeah, the church of the point. most holy blood. And then you have the original St. Patrick's Cathedral further up as you go to Delancey Street. Right, right. That was the original St. Patrick's Cathedral. They had the catacombs there. And then they decided to go uptown and build it there. So this is where all the immigrants were. Well, generally speaking, look, it used to be if you had an Irish person running for pre- for for mayor – the city council president was going to be an Italian guy and maybe had a Jewish guy running for controller. Yes, yeah. And that was, that's who ran the city for generations. It ain't that way anymore. And no. now, nowadays, the, the mayor, you cannot have a flag raising of a little hole in the wall park that's raising the Ecuadorian per, uh, flag that the mayor is not there. But the Italian, Irish, even Jewish nowadays, I mean, at least he went to Israel, but yeah, they, they, they no longer. Now let me ask you this. Of the people that you ran into there, how many are your future constituents? How many are actual New York City residents, do you think? Uh, many were there from Staten Island, uh, from Queens, and from the Bronx. Yeah. I, I mean, my experience with that festival is it's basically a tourist trap now. Well, it is a tourist trap. There's no doubt about it because it goes on for 10 days. Many people from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, they all flock in because it gives them a little flavor of what it used to be yeah. like. It still doesn't have all the cultural aspects. But it was a beautiful day. I did not smell marijuana anywhere. Now, that is an achievement. That's true. And I don't think it was because the goons were out, you know, from organized crime. They've been weakened uh, noticeably. I just think you couldn't smell it over the sausage, over the sausage. Uh, (laughs) No. I mean, maybe later on tonight. I was surprised at that because last year when I was there, you did smell 
the marijuana. And there was a lot of garbage on the streets that had not been cleaned up. This year seemed like they uh, improved their act, but not to have anybody there representing the mayor or governor. I agree. I agree. In fact, I remember, let, let me take you back a little politically, uh, Andrew Cuomo felt he was in trouble with liberals and progressives. Uh, Working Families Party would not endorse him. They were flirting at that time, hadn't officially endorsed Cynthia Nixon of Sex in the City. So who took him to the San Gennaro Festival? It was Bill de Blasio who invited Andrew Cuomo, and they worked the festival. I was right behind him, which caused them all kinds of agita. They stopped for the sausage and pepper sandwiches. They were taking pictures because... Uh, Andrew Cuomo was fearing a a strong challenge from the left. It re- never really manifested imse- itself. Right. And boy, they were like the best of buddies. That was that, that brief moment before their divorce. Yeah, know? the sausage and peppers. That's right, united them. But it's always been a place where mayors go, where governors go, or their entourage goes. But they didn't. But giving you an idea of this mayor and how I do not understand, because we are in the middle of a crisis. There's no doubt about it. Just to give you an idea of what his schedule was yesterday, he had a press conference with Sean Puff Daddy Combs, in which they called it the Bad Boys. Okay. Talked about, you know, he's supporting the hip-hop museum. It's still not open. And if you look at the 501c3, because it is a nonprofit in the South Bronx, none of the heavy hitters of rap who are billionaires now, Jay-Z, Dr. Dre, Combs is just about a billionaire, have contributed. And we've given $5 million of tax dollars. And you say to yourself, hmm, why do you keep promoting these guys? They won't even they won't even contribute to the very Hall of Fame that would have them in, which means they must not be too comfortable with the board of directors. That was number one. Number two, he was at a ribbon cutting for the reopening of Delmonico's, the steak restaurant. Now, you're the mayor of the city of New York. What are you doing at a ribbon cutting for Delmonico's? Then every day he goes to a flag-raising ceremony at Bowling Green. you got to look into this, Anthony Winner. This is bizarre. He was raising the flag for the Democratic Republic of the Congo, one of the most corrupt places in the world. And and all the delegation was out. What are you doing there? He's got to be. But he's going to go. He's going to go banana with bananas with flag racings now that that UN General Assembly is in town. He's going to be doing I know, nothing but, but what is this purpose? I I look there I is mean, a, we're in the middle of a crisis. I know. That, first of all, there's not you can walk and chew gum at the same time. There's nothing wrong with him doing the ceremonial parts of the job. It's not like he's sitting at his desk every day for every moment. He's giving orders, telling people what to do and everything else. I don't have a problem with it. Just the same way I didn't have a problem with him going out to nightclubs at night so long as the job was getting done during the day. Now, I would point out that he does seem like he's dialed that down a little bit. No, he is not. He is not? (laughs) Every night. (laughs) The club's zero bond. I got the little rats. They ride him out the moment he walks in. I haven't been reading too many items about that recently. Well, it's such a, because he's so normal for him to go there. It's not news anymore? Start about 12 midnight to 2.30 in the morning. And remember, it's a private club, so whatever happens in the club's zero bond stays in the club's zero bond. It's a great way to go and meet the mayor and discuss business. You don't have to fill out a log like you would at City Hall or another government building where you would have to. I, I, I understand. I, I understand. But I don't have a problem with him doing ceremonial things. There is a part of the job that's ceremonial. Understood. But it's all this symbolism in ceremony. As his very dear friend Norman Siegel, formerly of the New York Civil Liberties Union, said, he just uh, had him and his wife, who was a judge recovering from COVID, and you know, as much as I might disagree with him on some issues, he's a warrior. He's always out there. He said, 
Eric, we never see you behind a desk at City Hall. We never see you talking to your commissioners, your staff, you know, going over very intricate details about the problems. Because with Norman Siegel, it's the homeless issue. And he and I, we've had discussions. In fact, on my way in here today, I'm going to post this uh, video. If not later today, tomorrow, it's going to break your heart. African-American guy, Art, uh, went to Thomas Jefferson High School right on Pennsylvania Avenue, East New York. Well-spoken. He's out there every day. The poor guy had to defecate in the streets. There's nothing more humiliating, Anthony Weiner. This man has not lost his mental faculties. He was crying that he had to do this. Nobody would allow him to use the bathroom. Mm. And, uh, boy, if there's one thing, like in the lockdown and pandemic, the idiots in government closed all the public laboratories, all the public bathrooms. And then remember that he was screaming, wow, they're defecating and urinating on the right. trains and on the platforms and, and in the streets. Well, where the hell were these people supposed to eliminate? Whether you're a billionaire, you don't have any money. Everybody has to eliminate. A hundred percent. We are, we're getting ready for the UN General Assembly, which is going on not far from our studio. So right outside our window, there are a lot of cops that are on fixed posts the whole time. So they moved in. The first thing they did is move two porta potties to the point. Right. That's the first thing to do because that's the humane thing to do. And there are people who live on the street. And also, the, it's funny. When there are visitors that, that I talk to from, from Europe, the first thing they always mention to me is like, where does anyone go to exactly. in our city? Like, where, where? Because it's very common in cities much smaller than oh, New York. Third world cities. To, 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 to be, that they have figured it out. But you're right. That is one of those things. And there are even there are apps on online. The people have compiled lists of businesses that are kind enough to let people go in. But there is, but they won't let a homeless person. It, absolutely not. It absolutely not. And and to see this man, a broken man, wallowing in his own defecation. Yeah. You said this, and then we're taking people we don't even know and putting them in a three star hotel, and you scratch your head. And he was even referring to this. He goes, "They won't even take me in a shelter," and now. I see people going into a hotel to these folks who expected better of Eric Adams. They didn't expect the best. They don't trust politicians, but they expected better than de Blasio. It really breaks their heart, particularly if they're African-Americans, of which the majority of homeless and those who are destitute, a lot of them veterans. I mentioned this last week. You go up to 125th in Lexington. It's oh, at night. It's a lot of drugs, a lot of violence. But men have to shape up there and get the final bus towards Island if they don't make it by 10 o'clock at night into that rundown shelter, they lose their bed. They lose it. Yeah. The uh, migrants, they don't have a curfew. And you, see, you scratch your head and say, you mean to tell me men and women who are Americans, some of them veterans, who uh, are forced to stay in a New York City shelter have to abide by a curfew, which I totally understand. Because if not... Uh, yeah, people the, come and going at all right. hours. It's uh, it's yeah. but. You invite the migrants into a hotel or a shelter, and you waive the curfew? How does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, under the Callahan decree, curfews were permitted. You know, there's a long list of rules yeah. that are in there, and curf- curfews are things that are that are permitted. I mean, look, I think they're trying to strike a balance, but I, I, the things that are most damning for the Adams administration now are – are that the that even the things they're supposed to be doing, like for example, they keep talking about how they want a right to work for these. Well, you still even if you are waiting six six months, which you're is it six one hundred eighty days? Yep. You still have to apply. 
We've had a hundred thousand come through our doors. Eight hundred so far have been two percent have been signed up. Two percent. Yeah. So it's like it's it, yeah. It, it, even the the blocking and tackling of governance that you rely on the city to do, so they have some justification to then go ask for more money. They're not doing it. They're not doing the job of governance very well. And that's not the first time that these complaints have been made about the Adams administration. Hochul has complained about it. The federal government right. now. After a while, when it's the same complaint always, you didn't get your paperwork in in time. You didn't get your request in in time. You didn't provide the adequate information. You got to say this mayor is not an administrator. He's got to assign somebody to this task. I don't think he has that at City Hall or anyone who's comfortable enough to pull the trigger when he's not around. I think you have to have that. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, look, there is this. You know, when I, I did a lot of reading about past mayors and the problems that they had with corruption and also what worked with the commissioners that they named when I was running for mayor. And one of the things that I would grudgingly say about Bloomberg, who I was getting ready to run against, is that he managed to get people to come into government because they're playing the long con. They want to be buddies with a billionaire right. and they know that I, I'll take this 130000 a year job because I probably have something nice waiting later on. I don't the the type that you would want to be attracted to the Adams administration. Are they attracted when their boss says we have a hopeless situation here? We can't do no. it. Are they attracted when their boss is known for kind of kind of going out on his own and making his own kind of statements? No. Are, are they attracted to someone that has a group of five or six people at City Hall that he trusts and no one else that he seems to? It doesn't seem like that kind of administration. Now, I could be wrong. Um, and I had looked a lot when be, be, before you and I started going on the radio. I was thinking about joining, like asking him, "Can I come into the ministry?" Because I wanted to serve again. Not anything fancy, nothing high profile. Just put me somewhere that you just need someone to do something difficult, like NYCHA or Department of Corrections, someplace I can go and just say, "I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone." And increasingly, people would come to me and say, "Listen, I'm not sure this is the place for you." I'm not sure that they're going to let someone go in here and just try to solve problems. They they, they don't uh, handle criticism well. Uh, even though it's internal, you have to have it. You cannot uh, improve the, your government if the person in charge does not want to be criticized. Well, but there's something else. It's 300,000 employees. You're not going to be able to do I know the idea of being a hands-on manager. No, you can't manage an organization like that. You have to have people that you empower and say, look, you're going to have to break some eggs to make this omelet. You're going to have to make some mistakes. You're going to have some embarrassing stories in the New York Post. Go do it so long as we're getting the work done. If if I am Adriano Espiat, Nidia Velasquez, Jerry Nadler, and I'm going with a with a tin cup to Washington to get money, the, I want to be – Remember AOC there. And AOC. I want to be able to say, look how efficiently we're processing all these people. Yep. You guys have to do your part. They can't say that. No, right and now. the federal government has said you haven't followed through. And so let's stop just immediately being defensive. The federal government is always wrong because they're saying we can't give you anything until you do the basics. And Eric Adams is always looking for his next enemy. And sometimes the biggest enemy to what he's doing is himself. But when we come back, you discussed it at length. What do you do with your candidate for reelection, Joe Biden, who every day, seems to be having a more difficult time in speaking, communicating, conveying. And probably his biggest problem is he's got a little George Santos in him, these stories that are endless. They don't always seem uh, 
to be true from the beginning to the end. This is Left versus Right. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, Anthony Weiner, as we take you up to the 5 o'clock hour. And then the Staten Island Prince, Vinnie Madugno, and the entertainment is nonstop after that. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Anthony Weiner, this is the theme song for The Other Side of Midnight, Frank Morano, <laughs> who actually uh, says that he hangs out with people who are 80 and in their 90s, and he relates to them because he is like a curmudgeon contrarian. He's like an old guy who's young. But boy, he's aging in front of us this last trip uh, from India. Who, Frank Morano? No. He's already aged out. There's no doubt. I mean, he... you ever see the you ever see the Disney movie um, Up about the old man yes. who lives in the house? Yeah, yeah. That's a little bit like that's a more, little bit of a. You're uh, right. That, if you had a cartoon Murano, it would be that guy. I remember I saw that with Anthony a long time ago. I love that. It's a beautiful movie. Love that movie. But anyway, so uh, President Joe Biden was in India, and then he started to degrade in Vietnam. Was not a good appearance there. He was, he was huffing and puffing. He did an overnight. He did an all nighter. Okay, he understood. But still, it, it was uh, apparent. He, it did, was he did a shift like you do on a Friday. Exactly. <laughs> then he went to Alaska. Then he uh, came home. But it was very noticeable that on that particular trip, the stamina is just not there. He's going to really be tested uh, at the General Assembly. Now, generally what happens is when they know he has a big appearance like he did with the State of the Union address, and he really, I thought he did very well, he knew he was going into the snake pit. 
because the Republicans were ready to woof at him, you know, Marjorie Taylor, the rest of them. And he was already ready, but they had rested him for like two straight days. Remember, he had nothing on his schedule. He better do that because he's really got to deliver. We have, yeah, we need a president who like has a schedule of a major league pitcher. Every five days, yes. we bring him out when he's fresh. Exactly. <laughs> hey, but you know, you, okay, you say that that is true of Donald, of, um, of Joe Biden. Let me play you 60 seconds sure. of last night of Donald Trump. As you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, they're leading by a lot, including Obama. It was, I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take, a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, I used to, I used to call her crooked Hillary. He's just, he, 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 the moment he went off the teleprompter, he's just, he's like, he, had, he was spasming different politicians' well, I, names. I concur with you. I think out with the old, in with the new. First off, I don't want to go through 2020 all over again. I don't want both sides just focusing on what happened in 2020. We have so many critical issues. It's time for a new generation of leadership. They've earned it. Uh, I'm a baby boomer. This is here's why this is all about 2020 on both sides. It's all about 2020 because Trump is has to either save himself by getting reelected so he can pardon himself or relitigating that he actually won. And the only reason Democrats are sticking with Biden is because we know from 2020 he can beat this one guy, Donald Trump. Right. If we had the 27th, I don't know what amendment we're up to, tomorrow that said no one under, no one over 70 can, can, can run for office, I bet you Democrats and Republicans that would pass 70% in the country. Well, you see, I think you and Nikki Haley are somewhat on the same page. Uh, by the, I don't mind that either. And uh, I got to tell you, I do not want to go through 2020 all over I again. Agree. I agree. Uh, because if Trump gets elected, it's going to be like Michael Corleone. He's going to settle <laughs> all scores. Uh, and clearly, if Biden gets elected, he's not going to be able to get through four years. So that means really the vice president is running for the presidency. Now, what do you do, though, if uh, the deterioration continues and Joe Biden just cannot run a campaign, cannot run? Uh, normally it would be to the vice president. We saw that with LBJ. LBJ unexpectedly bowed out as uh, uh, clean Gene McCarthy was like all of a sudden with the Dove uh, vote, the peace vote, uh, making ground on him. LBJ had a series of medical issues we were not aware of at that time. And I think he was not ready to go out there and get slammed. So he bows out. It's left to Hubert Humphrey. Hubert Humphrey was a very capable vice president, but it, it just it wasn't his time. With Richard Nixon and George Wallace looming and the nation uh, up in flames, uh, we had the assassinations that had taken place, Martin Luther King Jr., the rioting at the Democratic Convention. Still, for all the work that Hubert Humphrey had done, it wasn't enough to push him over the top. But I think in this case, the vice president, Harris, is lower in the polls than even Joe Biden. She would expect to be the next one in the batter's box. She ain't going quietly. So somebody may emerge to say, I'm the go-to guy or gal, and she's going to say, no, I'm the vice president. I know, but I don't think that's, I don't think it's a pre-2024 conversation. It's a post-2024 Joe Biden gets reelected conversation. I don't see a scenario. I mean, there's not a scenario where Joe Biden doesn't run for office. 
And there's not a scenario we're running out of time for he doesn't become our nominee. Both of these guys are going to be our nominees, Curtis. They're going to be our nominees, these two very banged up, very flawed candidates. Now, I believe it comes down to a choice. Do you want a guy who's going to be struggling to stay out of prison or do you want a guy who's struggling to stay awake? I get it. It's a bad choice to make. And the polls this week, the reason you want to talk about the polls this week are not great. I mean, he's Biden is leading in Michigan, and I know you can't look at the national polls, but this is a time that – you know, this, this has been a bad few weeks for, for Joe Biden and things are not terrible in the economy. They're doing okay. We're, you know, we didn't go into recession. Things were not so, a complete. Uh, are you promising that like uh, the German shepherd, the German pope who actually resigned, first pope ever in the history of popes resigned, uh, and had, didn't die until years and years and years later, right? Uh, so that uh, Pope Francis, the former bouncer in Argentina, could end up uh, having the white smoke go up <laughs> the, the the stack, and he became Pope. Are you promising me that if uh, somehow, some way, Joe Biden gets elected president again, that he'll resign? No, uh, but I am saying that there is a chance that either by incapacitation or resignation or something, you know, he's one stumble away from... I know, but- Forget all this stumbling and mumbling. I get it. No, I mean literally a fall. No, no, I understand. I mean, he's at the age where, where, where actuarially speaking, the chances of him being hospitalized because of a fall, I mean, we've, you know. He'll be able to do the commercial. I'm falling and I can't (laughs) get up, right? Dependent. But the storytelling. They can't stop him. They both ramble. They I, both, I know, but still. I know, I know. What, what, do you, what do you think his staff does? They must be going crazy. I know. They have the text in the teleprompter. He finds the need to tell these stories that turn out not to be I true. I know, I know. He did. Look, you, that, that, I, I actually looked it up. That, that press conference he did in Vietnam, that hour long press conference where 90% of it was not bad, but the 10% was, was the 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 RNC made twelve different videos making fun of Joe Biden from that other ten percent? Because all it takes is a sentence or two about some movie. No one knows who the heck you're talking right, about. But it's this desire every day when he speaks to tell some story. It is not. This is. You think this is new for Joe Biden? No. He has been this kind of. You, you know, we talked about him, him ripping off Neil Kinnock in nineteen correct whatever it was seventy six happening now on a regular basis. I, almost. It's George Santos like. It is. We all have relatives like this at Thanksgiving who do this. Well, you put them away. You basically everyone starts <laughs> rolling their them. eyes. You put them away. No, I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. You're exactly right. And Donald Trump says a crazy thing every every two minutes. He opens his mouth. He says a crazy thing too. He also apparently, Ava, doesn't he also believe something that you need identification to buy a loaf of bread? I saw on the television one of these characters. There shouldn't be voter ID. Now you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have everything. You have pictures. Yeah, what, 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 we could you, listen. You're you're in the Republican Party. I know you're a never Trumper. You know people. We got to ask John Katzmatidis or someone who's close to the president. He this is not the first time well, he's mentioned this. Unless he's buying it with a snap card, right? <laughs> And I don't think Donald Trump qualifies for a snap card. <laughs> but there, there is no. Hey, but let's talk about this Nikki Haley idea. It's not a terrible idea. Rather than have debates this year, which they can't see, they're not going to agree up on those anyway. Bring them into a room, sit them down at a table, and let them both do some kind of cognitive test. Rorschach, Rorschach. Something. Test. I don't know what to do. But you're right. But and- I think we also have to apply it to judges. We have this idea you can be a federal judge till the day you die. No, but but federal judges do have an age that they become 
emeritus or something like that that they don't they I know, don't have but to resign. Many of them are still hearing cases in the nineties. I, I know. I, I, I know. think there has to be. And look, we say this about the elderly who have to renew their driver's license should have to uh, before you just let them go out driving a car like Mr. Magoo. But we, but but you've seen this. You're out on the campaign trail, and someone will approach you who's clearly in his 80s, and they're sharp, they're brilliant sharp. and sharp, yes. and they're and they're they're reeling off facts, and you they got. Well, well, look, cousin Brucey, our own cousin yeah, Brucey, exactly sharp. Yeah. I mean, he's up there. No, that's that's the thing. I don't know if if a retirement age is the thing. See, normally, what would resolve this is the primary system, where someone, unlike what you described in 1968, where part of what was animating. Lyndon Mage Johnson was the idea that he knew he had this problem on his left because of the war that was not going away and was a growing force. We don't have a primary. I mean, we are be, uh, 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 RFK Jr. is not a Democrat. He's not running a Democratic primary. He's running a Republican one. Marianne Williamson isn't a real candidate. We don't have. Now, if someone jumps in who is of substance, what would happen? I think it would take off. But no one is doing that because right now everyone is unified by the idea well, we have uh, to stop. I'll tell Trump. you what, maybe the president should think of following the Aaron Rodgers regimen of having Ayakasha tea. Up next, our guy, Greg Kelly, finally decided not to talk Trump, Hunter Biden, and Joe Biden, thank God, and actually had some great discussions. About the other big guy in the news, Aaron Rodgers, the Novaxer. Remember, he was there at the U.S. Open. You were there for Djokovic, the other Novaxer, was making the rounds before being the starting quarterback opening night. And within four plays, he was down for the count for the season. And Greg Kelly has been on his jockstrap ever since because of his promotion of marijuana. He claims it's the plant. Ayakasha tea, I call that Hiawatha tea, which is really a psychotropic drug. We're going to get into all of that because I'm siding with Greg Kelly. And I want to see who you side with. Aaron Rodgers, the new ager from Berkeley, California. Remember, he went to UCAL Berkeley, great athlete. But he's into all these new age things. And Greg Kelly, who's a fuddy-duddy, who still talks about eating Wheaties and looking at who was on the Wheaties box. Might I remind him that at one time it was Jenner, the world's greatest (laughs) athlete. After winning the decathlon. I don't think Greg Kelly's ever seen a professional sports game on top of all of this. I think he has. I think he has. Up next, we're going to play it back, and I want you to be the judge. I've already cast my vote for Greg Kelly. Let's find out if Anthony Weiner is on the side of Aaron Rodgers or our own Greg Kelly right here at your place to be WABC. Versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Oh, God. Taylor Swift, I hate this. Nobody hates Taylor Swift. I do. 
with a passion. And all her former boyfriend, she is a man killer. It's like a black widow spider. You become her boyfriend, and within months, she not only kills you, she does a song about you tearing you apart. She is the, um, what is it, the praying mantis that the female bites the head yeah. off of the male when they're exactly. done mating? <laughs> exactly. And these idiot guys keep coming for more and more, uh, as Aaron Rodgers did in the lead-up. During the preseason, he decides he's going to go to the Taylor Swift concert with all the Barbie-dressed young ladies in MetLife Stadium. And I understand you went to the Barbie movie. Is this true? I, I did go to the Barbie movie because because I am a feminist. Oh, God. So anyway, there is Aaron Rodgers with a calf sleeve on, damaged calf. He's not only going to uh, Taylor Swift concerts, MetLife. He went to Ranger games, Nick games, Met games, yeah. Yankee games. He was becoming a New Yorker. Plays. I mean, he was everywhere. And I said to myself, whoa, you got a calf injury. You're 39. You're approaching 40. You better take care of that calf injury. But, oh, no, no, no. My cheese mold. Wait, he had the calf injury in camp? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, no, and he had the sleeve on, which indicates that at any time that calf could pop. So remember, it's the night of 9-11, very emotional, beginning right. of the season, a lot of hopes uh, for Aaron Rodgers. And not the Jets. for you. You're not a Jet fan, are you? Uh, yeah, oh, I kind of like okay. the Jets, but okay. I, I, I more like the Giants. But uh, I do realize that once again, you know, after they got Brett Favre uh, from the Packers and now they got Aaron, okay, they're on their way to the Super Bowl. Okay. And then four plays into it after he carries the American flag out onto the battlefield, because that's really what it is, a battlefield football. The closest that most people will ever get to war is playing smash-mouth football. Four plays in, he doesn't even throw a pass. He twists his leg, they're blaming the turf, and there goes goes the knee. No, the Achilles. Right. He's He's had surgery. He's claiming he'll come back maybe in three or four months. I doubt it. Down, his career's over. But the controversy got kicked off not by Sid Rosenberg or over at the fan or ESPN or by me, you know, because we talk a lot of sports. It was kicked off by Greg Kelly that you don't necessarily associate with sports. And uh, James Flippin, our news guy, did a whole package because this consumed a whole week of broadcast. I applaud Greg Kelly for finally stopping the talk about Trump. Biden, Hunter Biden, it's endless. For me, I can't listen all two hours each day. But for the first time in a long time, I listened to every Greg Kelly show. The sports world came to a standstill on Monday night, September 11th, as during Monday night football, the unthinkable happened. Just minutes into the beginning of his tenure as Jets QB, Aaron Rodgers went down with injury. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. Audio courtesy of Amazon, Joe Buck on the call. Rodgers had ruptured his Achilles tendon, then had surgery. He'll be out for the year. On 77 WABC, host Greg Kelly was seemingly less than sympathetic, suggesting Rodgers was more interested in being a celebrity than training and blasting his use of ayahuasca, a naturally derived hallucinogenic tea. Kelly did have some sympathy for Jets ticket holders. I made some comments about Aaron Rodgers and this thing. Number one, I think a lot of people deserve their money back. How many tickets were sold 
to see the Jets based on Aaron Rodgers. Lots of people. Lots of people. Do we get that money? I feel sorry for them. These are, what, $10,000, $20,000? No one's expressing any sympathy for them. You know, some people have said, because I question his addiction, or not addiction, but his love of this stupid tea, Ayakasha tea, uh, that he drinks and it gives him all kinds of visions, that it will encourage little kids to do the same thing, right? I mean, you know, when I was growing up, uh, we had Wheaties. Remember Wheaties, right? Breakfast of Champions. You better eat your Wheaties. But then later that afternoon on ESPN's Pat McAfee show, a laid up and recovering Rogers responded. What's that guy's name? Greg Kelly. (laughs) Rogers and McAfee saying bum. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. So I had the back of Greg Kelly because I know there are a lot of young men out there and some young ladies who want to be the best possible athletes they can, not just in football but other sports, who figure let's do exactly what Aaron does. And I think it's detrimental because he's also also said a lot about smoking weed. He's actually made the weed sign uh, during the uh, fall preparation for the season. Him and a receiver, I forget his name, uh, they were making the weed sign while out there near the 50-yard line. I'm saying to myself, look, there are young people who are watching you. You are a stellar athlete. You are promoting what is really a psychotropic tea, and you're promoting the use of marijuana, which we have way too much of for young people. Dial it back, man. But no, he just doubles down, triples down to him. This is this is the answer to so many problems. It's sort of like, what are you, Dr. Timothy Leary? I mean, seriously, you're well, you a know, freaking that, football player. That was a that was a great package put together. By the way, I you know I listen to the Rip and Read every day that you do, and you told uh, your listeners to go listen to the Joe Benigno conversation with uh, Sid about the Jets. It really was great. I mean, oh, just the, if, the it, best. That of was all really time. good. Um, but uh, look, here's here's where I come down on this. First of all, good on on Kelly. That, you know, I heard it when he first mentioned it, and he said, look, I'm not a big football fan. I'm not as into this as everyone else, but here's his take on it, but from what he knew from pop culture. I am on Greg's side because I think it's clear why Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It's because he didn't have his shot, and he didn't have his booster. (laughs) I looked at the injury reports from the first week. Not a single person that got their, their vaccine did any damage to their Achilles in week one? So far, it's anti-vaxxers are on the, are on the, and it's clear that because they didn't get that shot, his antibodies were not as strong, his, his, his immunity was not as strong, and boom, he's on the bench. So I'm with Greg Kelly here, and he's doing too much drugs and not enough pharmaceuticals. And I think that's why wow, this all that, happened. I never thought of that because he did go to the U.S. <laughs> Open. Djokovic uh, won. His singles title, they both are big non-vaxxers. They actually uh, high-fived one another. You may be right on this, but what That's... the I still don't understand. This guy's making millions of dollars not to go around. To every event. Oh, that's what you. When you're a new guy in a city, you got to show up supporting and throw out the first pitch for the other no, teams. No, you know what? You got to win. If I you get, win, you I could guess. be. You could be. Uh, you could be. Uh, uh, a recluse. One of the one of the not the best riffs of Joe Benigno is like, and I agree with him one hundred percent. 
Don't go out buying this guy's jersey when he hasn't done a single thing for us. Exactly. And all over town, I see people like, you know, you know, drowning their sorrows at bars wearing number eight jerseys. What did you buy the jersey for? The guy hasn't done bupkis for you. And by yet. the way, you should throw away the number eight jersey of the New York Giants, who's now making $40 million. Yeah. $40 million. For what? But anyway, when we come back, uh, as you know, I'm in the midst of the battle. And ready to really rally. And you really, you pulled Sid in. Sid's now right there at your shoulder. Huge rally at National Gateway Park. You know it well. You represented that area in Congress, Floyd Bennett Field. Uh, The contracts have been signed. They're moving ahead to put up the tents and bring in the migrant males. And now it's time I've got to trigger off uh, civil disobedience like you've never seen before in this city. But before we do that, you've come up with a possible remedy that can save Floyd Bennett Field for what it was meant to be and actually put the burden on a place that for the next 10 months, only the pigeons will be. This came from Anthony Weiner. I've repeated it a number of times on TV and on radio, and it was a brilliant idea after you came back from the U.S. Open and you said, man, this is the place where you should put the migrants because for the next 10 months, Nothing goes on. And obviously you don't need to be vaccinated nope. <laughs> to be there. Exactly. <laughs> on this Left versus Right, yeah, two great hours of uh, Anthony Weiner initially taking on the Trumpers in the first hour. And then obviously talking a lot about Floyd Bennett Field, what he would have done as mayor as opposed to Eric Adams. And now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the alternative to Floyd Bennett Field because I can assure you that this week... Arrest number 81 for me is in the wings. It's going to happen. And I guarantee you it's going to be in a way. It's going to rock everybody's world. The pressure is on. And we the people will deliver. Politicians move aside. Lawyers go to court. Try to get your temporary injunctions. We're going to tie this city up in knots. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Novak Djokovic reigns in Monte Carlo. He ends Rafa Nadal's eight-year hold on this tournament. Oh, yes, Monte Carlo, the, the wealthy, the rich. Where's Robin Leach, the lifestyles of the rich and famous? That's what I equate tennis with. And that's why I hate the U.S. Open. I hate tennis. I hate golf with a passion. When you, uh, Anthony Weiner, coming to the rescue of the thousands now that have attended rallies, trying to stop the migrant tents from being constructed, the green light has been given, uh, by the federal government to Hochul and Adams, and they signed the agreements to move forward, which is going to cause me, leader of the rebels, up the rebels. Should have had the Wolf Tones uh, song there. A lot of Irish, they would have known exactly what I was talking about, up the rebels, uh, to trigger off a lot of civil disobedience. I mean, like you haven't seen in a long time here, uh, Anthony Weiner, but you have an alternative. While the lawyers are running into court trying to get temporary injunctions for all the reasons you've stated before about federal parkland, what would be an excellent alternative that you could bring to the attention of Eric Adams 
and Kathy Hochul to to try to stop there from being what is going to be a huge confrontation over uh, Floyd Bennett Look, there are a lot of people in Staten Island, a lot of people in Brooklyn and Queens, a lot of people within the sound of our voice who are not xenophobes, who are not anti-immigrant, who believe you do have to find reasonable solutions to accommodate this problem. I'm one of them. And I believe that there are appropriate places and inappropriate places. And one of the things that that the mayor keeps saying is, well, what do you argue? What's your idea? What are you going to do? And I just think that a Floyd Bennett Field, a national park, is an inappropriate place. I believe that you've made a very good case that the location on Staten Island is inappropriate. But I, I was at the U.S. Open, and I looked around at this New York park. It's a New York City park is what the U.S. Open. And, every, and for a few weeks each year, we let it become a magnet for what? International visitors. And I said to myself, you've got big facilities with roofs. You've got kitchens. You've got bathrooms. It's an appropriate place. It's in a good part of town for this. It's right by a subway stop. It's right near a very multicultural community, et cetera, et cetera. So I think if you are going to stand up and say, I don't want this at Floyd Bennett Field, like I agree with, you agree with, and many others agree with, I think it's reasonable to say, but we have this better idea. And it was this, and, and my concern is, if you start to say uh, if this is an emergency that we need to put a, a homeless facility there, why can't the city come back a year from now and say we don't have any place to put our HRA facility or our homeless facility? It's not an emergency. Let me put it there. And that's why I that, that's, well, that's why I think the U.S. That, open site. But in the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020, uh, it was Bill de Blasio who, through executive order, started to move supplies into the land that the U.S. Open is uh, played on, that's owned by, well, at least by the USTA from New York. They never actually took care of patients there, but it was going to be an encampment, as was uh, Central Park. You saw Franklin Graham bring in the Billy Graham crusade with their tents and do their medical work. They put the tents right in Central Park, right outside of Mount Sinai, the mayor mentioned Central Park and got flack from uh, Upper East Side, Upper West Side. No, 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 no. Put him somewhere else. So it seems to me if you're not going to do it in Central Park, you're going to force the issue that may be tied up in the courts in Floyd Bennett Field. Who's going to stop you from putting it at the U.S. Tennis Open? By facility? the way, by the way, do you know what else? Arthur Arthur Ashe Stadium, Armstrong Stadium, they have roofs. And on the roof, what does it say? Chase. They pay money yes. to have their logo shown when the roof is closed. And so... You don't have a roof over Central Park. You don't have one over Floyd Bennett Field. The amount of money we are using to make these Floyd Bennett Field facilities flood, which are flood prone, immune to flood, we could be just putting it there. It's a New York City park. Brilliant idea. Look, in the middle of Katrina, people went to the Superdome, the Super Bowl dome that is how hosted Super Bowls and all kinds of NCAA championships. They housed. Katrina survivors. I know we had some guardian angels there from New Orleans, and it's never missed a beat since. It's still used for major athletic events. So why not? It's time, rich people, to to do your part in this. Give up the U.S. Open Grounds. It's named after Billie Jean King Moffat. Put the question to her. She is a classic liberal progressive that comes out of the Bay Area. Her brother used to be a relief pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. Long sports history in that family. Put the question and to every, Anthony Every Wiener. player at the U.S. Open, what do they have next to their name? A flag of a different country. And this is the way we want it. We welcome them for tennis. We welcome them. This is brilliant. Migrants. And then uh, the migrants can take the John Rocker Express every day, the number seven chain. Brilliant, Anthony Weiner. Problem solved. <laughs>